Hey Siri, whose birthday is it today? We want to wish a very happy birthday to our own shaggy-haired goalie guru and surfer dude, Mr. Kevin Woodley. You're absolutely right. Happy birthday. Let's get some music going as we wish our good friend Kevin a happy 33rd birthday. Congratulations. Uh, The family was up with you this morning. Uh, We were all excited to to wish you a happy birthday. And the goalie world is just gathered around you right now with big pats on the back uh, to wish you a very happy birthday. I can't even remember 33, Darren, but I appreciate that. I'm telling you, my hips aren't 33, because 30, at 33, I hadn't started playing goalie. My hips still actually function. I made it three <laughs> three skates before I tweaked my groin after this uh, 18 months off. So I'm feeling all 48 years right now, let me tell you. But thank you very much for the birthday wishes. Enough with that. Let's move on to hockey. It's In Goal Radio, the podcast. Darren Millard, along with Kevin Woodley, David Hutchison, is on assignment uh, today, uh, working on a couple of projects uh, for the next couple of episodes and over on In Goal Mag and uh, for the premium members. And uh, just uh, before we get into the entire show, uh, our Sense Arena feature interview today is going to be with Ryan Miller. And uh, that conversation is fascinating. I love listening to Ryan Miller. And he just comes at it uh, from from a different perspective but your pro read segment uh that's up uh for premium members right now is like it's amazing listening to ryan miller just break down a play is one of the coolest things that goalies get to do yeah ryan was really gracious with his time not only doing this interview but uh, i think we got through six or seven clips save clips where he went through and shared his reads with us like you said the first one's up at ingolmeg.com and you know, anytime you have a chance to pick the brain of a guy who, you know, the winningest American-born goaltender, um, Vesna Trophy winner, but probably the most thoughtful, insightful goaltender I've ever had a chance to talk to, just the way he thinks the game. His three years here in Vancouver were just such a pleasure for me being in that locker room. I'm not sure he felt the same way every day, but so many questions and so many great answers. And so he was really gracious with his time for both this interview, which I can't wait to share with our audience. Uh, and with pro reads. So, and, you know, a lot of thoughts on, on the Olympics and what that looks like, what his role looks like. Uh, we didn't get into, it's funny because we've had him, don't forget, we've had Ryan for a sit down yep. before on the podcast where we got into sort of his roots and, and a lot of his equipment stuff. So we'll make sure we put that in the show notes, a link back to that original one. Cause we didn't want to sort of cover old ground, but. Uh, anytime you can talk equipment with him, uh, some of the stuff we covered last time is fascinating as well. So. I would highly recommend to everyone, after you're done listening to this episode, go seek out the original Ryan Miller interview we did because it's just loaded with great stuff as well. Go down a Ryan Miller rabbit hole. That's what we're asking you to do today and and or the next couple of days. It might take you uh, a couple of days. Uh, of course, Sense Arena VR presenting our feature interview with Ryan Miller, the uh, Ingle Radio podcast uh, brought to you by... Source for Sports Surrey, the hockey shop. Source for Sports, uh, thehockeyshop.com. Uh, we love visiting. I've, I've got my hockey bag, uh, new bag on, on order. It's uh, in transit right now. Some suspenders uh, on the way because I, I couldn't find suspenders in the Las Vegas Valley. So uh, I'm using uh, thehockeyshop.com I, and I encourage you to as well. The service is exceptional. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, the visit with uh, Cam and talking about some new Bauer steel in just a little bit. But before we get to that, uh, let's let's go around because the setups are are filtering out right now. Uh, last week, we talked about Yaroslav Halak and, and waiting for his new gear. It's arrived. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's uh, what do the kids say? Like he's got that drip going, and literally, yep. it's like it's like a paint drip down the front of the down the front of the pads. It's a really cool concept, as usual. Um, the folks at Brian's uh, using old school cut and sew to do their custom graphics. They always knock it out of the park. And speaking of knocked out of the park using cut and sew graphics, how about Chris Dreiser's new setup with the Seattle Kraken? Like there is only one downside to that setup in my mind. And that's that I'm not sure how you top it. It's <laughs> perfect. It is perfect. The eyes just make it pop, don't they? And, and, yeah. and the fact that the eyes are at the bottom instead of the top, which is normally when we've seen some of these uh, uh, facial uh, graphics before, uh, it, that's traditionally where they are. But it just it, it, it makes you think and, and, it, and it just jumps out at you. Yeah, but the only thing you could probably do different is he's got white outer rolls, so the graphic is all sort of on the face on the inside. Probably, I don't know if he subscribes to the In Clark theory of uh, white on the outside edges, no dark edges, because they're easy to distinguish for shooters, um, or if it's just a graphic preference. But I think that would be about the only thing you could do different is have that graphic bleed all the way to the outside. It just, it was, it just popped. It was awesome, and uh, I think they knocked it out of the park. Um, Vaughn has a video up on their social channels, sort of a behind the scenes. You can see their designers going through that cut and sew process with it that, uh, yeah, I'd recommend checking it out. One of the more interesting tandems this year is going to uh, start the season in Buffalo with Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson. And Aaron Dell has a, uh, a setup, uh, from, from Bauer that is out of this world. It's actually, that's a Brian setup. That's cut and sew. That is, oh, it cut is? And sew, not graphic design. So yeah, as much as we're seeing amazing things with the digital printed graphics and DigiPrint um, for Bauer uh, and then CCM um, with their graphic setup, the cut and sew stuff, like again, Brian's knocks it out of the park. That's a Brian setup that by Aaron me. Dell. Yeah, that fooled me. That's how, that's how good it is. Uh, and he's got a mask to match as well. Like this is, this is the fun part of this time of year. How about your old friend Marc-Andre Fleury rolling out the... Uh, uh, the retro, I think we called it retro tan, but I think Goalie Gear Nerd corrected that it's a bronze. It's got a little sheen to it or something. Um, either way, though, with a little bit of black and red on the outer rolls, just a little bit of trim accent. Like, I'm going to miss gold. Like, no matter what, I'm missing his gold pads. But I got to say, like, anytime you go retro for me, that's a win. And, and especially when combined with those sort of classic original six uniforms, um, I I was like, okay. As much as I was ready to jump off the ledge, you had me at least step back with that setup yesterday. Uh, the outer rolls, and, and it goes all the way up to the blocker. It's really cool what, what they did there. Yeah, simple, right? Simple, clean. I, I, think, I think the cracking graphic is simple too, right? Like, it, like it's complex in terms of all the, you know, the elements that go into making it. But it's just, it's the Kraken logo. It's, it didn't try and get too carried away. And that's what makes it with those glowing red eyes. It all just pops, right? And I think Flowers pops too in a different way, in a more classic vintage way. But just that little touch of color on the outside. And, you know, if I, if I know Flurry, there's probably some red straps on the back too, because we've talked about that with him before, right? At a time when everyone's yeah. going to Velcro, Marc Andre still needs his, he needs his leather and his buckles, baby. Hey, we've talked a lot about the outer rolls, even in this episode already with Ian Clark and going with the, uh, with the white outer, outer rolls. There's a psychological uh, aspect to what Marc-Andre did in the sense of with the red. And I know it's got some, some uh, striping and piping at the bottom that kind of blends and, and works with the sweater. But uh, 
goalposts and the red on the outer stripes? Is, is, is there anything to that or am I reading too much into it? Oh, you got me thinking about it there. Maybe maybe a target people will be aiming for it and they're really actually aiming, aiming at them. I'm not sure. Hadn't thought that far. I mean, the top of the pads will be sort of inside, but anytime you can mess with mess with them visually, especially around the edge <laughs> of the blocker and the and you got to mess with shooters. Nobody messes with shooters as well these days as as Mark Andre Fleury. Now that Ryan Miller's retired, he likes to he likes to have a little fun with them. And maybe if it is designed to be a goalpost, it'll you know he won't have to give his goalposts as much love after after someone hits them. He can just kiss his blocker. Right, uh, Thatcher Demko, uh, Vancouver Canucks, uh, last week's guest on In Goal Radio, the podcast brought to you by the Hockey Shop, source for sports story, thehockeyshop.com. And this week he's in the news because he's gone drone catching. Yeah, I saw that at the uh, the media day in Toronto, actually not long after our episode dropped. And thank you for everyone who sent kind words about the episode. We've got a lot of positive feedback. And thanks to Thatcher for being so open and honest about his game and how, and, and the direction it's taken in the past couple of years. That was as candid a technical interview as we've had in the history of In Goal Radio, and a lot of people enjoyed it. So thanks to everyone for the comments and to Thatcher for the openness. And then he heads out to Toronto for the media day. And I think you saw there what you heard with us, just an openness and a willingness to try new things, right? Like, hey, you want to fire a drone at my glove and I got to catch it and it's all caught on film? No problem. Let's do it, right? Like no hesitation. No, this is silly. I don't want to do it stuff. Just whatever you want, I'll do it and not a problem. Glad he made the catch though. Glad he made the catch. Those drones have, those drones have like, you know, it's like little helicopter blades flying around. I'd be nervous. Am I the only one that wanted to see uh, the drone fly after he made the catch and to see what kind of uh, agility that drone would have. Yeah, the damage damage may have been done depending on how hard he squeezed it, right? You wanted to make sure it was right yeah. in the pocket. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know, like he needed the Henrik Lundqvist. Remember when we used to sort of, I would have liked to have seen Henrik done it with the, the old open palm and sort of holding it up like a waiter holding a platter <laughs> yeah. where, you know, back in the day when his glove didn't fully close, he'd catch it in the pocket and then he'd turn the hand up Again, like he was holding a platter to cushion it. That, I would like that one. It almost would have been like a little, would have caught the drone and then turned his glove into a landing pad for the drone to take off again. Uh, that was a, a one trick uh, try for the drone and the catch. And and you hope it worked out to, to the best of uh, everybody's uh, abilities and, and making it uh, happen. I can't wait to see the, the finished product. Hey, uh, your birthday, uh, Braden Holtby's birthday uh, earlier this week. Um, do, you, do you know any idea what, uh, what we're going to see in the end out of Dallas? Because it's a really cool situation with three veteran accomplished goalies. I think it all depends on Ben Bishop's health. And I think the mm-hmm. fact they went and got Braden tells you where they may be leaning or expecting about Ben Bishop's health. And I don't know anything. I have no inside information, but I think that's the tea leaves most are reading. In the short term, I hope it means that Braden gets an opportunity because as you heard from Thatcher last week, like as much as it didn't really work out here, um, you know, the only reason they had to move on was mostly salary cap. They wanted him to be back here. Uh, he was really important to Thatcher Demko last year, and I thought he took some steps. A lot 
dude, all those things that Thatcher was talking about integrating into his game over two or three years, Braden sort of had to try in one year, like just and in a weird year where there was no preseason a compacted games, year. No, yeah, yeah, and and but then no no margin for error. Like like there was no sort of let me try this in a game and it's a preseason game and it doesn't matter. Like anything he was trying new had to be implemented and tried in a real game. Um, and for the Canucks, after a slow start, every game mattered so much. Like there was a ton of pressure. So I expect Braden Holtby to have a better season uh, with the Dallas Stars, and, and I hope he gets that opportunity to play a bunch early on. And from there, who knows? Uh, if Bish comes back, Braden may have turned himself into a very marketable asset by that point, uh, a chance to maybe go somewhere else and win another cup. Um, it, it's really, and then there's Jake Odinger, right? Like, where does he fit into all that? Uh, clearly starting in the minor leagues, despite having success in the NHL last season. And that's, uh, in a year where depth is going to be incredibly important, I think for teams, while a lot of outsiders look at Dallas and say, like, what are they doing there with all those goalies? There's something to be said with having more than you need in a season that you could end up needing three or four before it's set all is said and done. A oh, couple more masks to talk about. What do you think of Peter Mrazek and the reflective mask that just kind of uh, has that uh, that silvery shine to it? Maybe it messes with shooters too. Maybe that'll be like oh, Ovi's yeah. visor. I mean, hey, Ovi's visor can't see his eyes, right? <laughs> I think Ovi's Ovi's visor. I think Ovi's visor disappeared because Marty Berdur complained about it. Right? Couldn't read his eyes because he couldn't see his eyes with the reflective visor. Maybe Peter under the TV lights trying to get a little, you know, ooh, little lost that one in the lights as the shooter looks up to see where the see where the open space is. He gets a little twinkle off the reflection. Yeah, I, I like I like the look. Who knows beyond that? Uh, I like the look. I like there's there's complex designs in that. Like I think that one you can see from a distance, but then also when you look up close, there's some more complex designs sort of worked into the backgrounds and stuff like that. And I like masks like that. What about hey, here's one for you? What about Jacob Markstrom? Yes. Now there's there's a lot going on in there, but from afar you just see a really cool mask. Yeah, from a distance you can you see like the skull and the flames, the big flaming logos, but when you look closer there's attributes to Mike Vernon, uh Trevor Kidd on the top of the I think the Kippersoft tribute, that skull sort of on the back uh, the top left corner is going to be visible from a distance as well. But to me the kicker was the skull with the flame shooting out of it, the the overall skull, the teeth kind of like that go around the face opening, much like kind of like the Carey Price mask last year with the teeth or much like, say, the old Sharks Brian Hayward with yes. the jaws. And the, so the teeth are sort of framing the opening of the mask, except there's missing teeth. And when the artist teased that this was a tribute to a current teammate, I was scratching my head. And then I got a hint to look at a picture of Chris Tanev missing all those chiclets. And oh my God, that is incredible. Like put a picture of Markstrom's mask as we did on all these masks, by the way, folks, are on our social media. Put a picture of Markstrom's mask next to Chris Tanev smiling. And you're like, I can't believe he went there. That was uh, that was really good. Uh, and it shows you a, a great relationship uh, that's happening. And also... Uh, just just ties it in, makes it more uh, of a team mask instead of the traditional uh, individual mask, which I'm fine either way. But uh, yeah, that was that was uh, wild. Uh, Frederick Anderson, uh, that that's a busy mask with with Carolina, and uh, 
a little more uh, traditional uh, going through um, what we've seen from Frederick Anderson. So uh, I check that one out. Uh, it's also out there to uh, to witness as we slide over to the hockey shop, the hockey shop source for sports and and. Give an idea of what you can experience when you go over and hang out with Cam or Cecil, uh, the the whole gang over there. Um, the videos that we have from the gear segments that you hear them here on the podcast, but we also have the video segments that you record and the the true stick. I was watching that one and being able to go down there and test a stick, uh, not only in your stance. Uh, you can put on the skates in the in the shooting lab, uh, but you can also take a couple of swipes with the stick. Uh, is is a really cool uh, opportunity uh, with the hockey shop and the hockeyshop.com. Well, hockeyshop.com, as you said, is the place to go for all your needs, whether it's accessories like suspenders for you, Darren, or as we're going to talk about today, uh, custom skate blades. But if you happen to be able to go in person, you're right. They've got a shooting room, and it's not just for players. You can tape up a twig. And give it a fire. See how that flex is. Test the various flexes. The true last week, a bit of a stiffer stick. You go into some of the Bauer models, a little more in, little more flex in the middle of the paddle. You can you can feel that, experience that for real in their shooting room. Uh, all the latest and greatest gear, as well as a sale right now. The Hockey Starts Here sale is on, and you don't need to go in person. You can check it out online at thehockeyshop.com. Uh, lots of great savings as you're heading back to hockey, back to school. It's that time of the year. Maybe you switch teams. Maybe you need a set of white pads because the colors don't match from your old team. There's a lot of that going on after 18 months. Make sure you check them out at thehockeyshop.com. They'll have something set you up, get you ready for this season. Again, whether it's suspenders and new steel, including the stuff we're going to talk about today, real cutting edge new steel, pardon the pun, or full sets of equipment. Talk to Cam and his staff at the hockey shop and thehockeyshop.com. They'll get you set up. For stuff that suits your game, not just stuff that they have, not just stuff that's on sale, they'll be honest with you. If it's on sale and it works for you, grab it. If it doesn't, they're going to tell you. Maybe if your kid's in between sizes and you think he needs something new, you'd go down there and talk it through with Cam. If he doesn't think he needs something new, he's not going to upsell you for the sake of upselling you. So that's what I love about that staff. They really do care about you and your game and finding the gear that will help you play your best. So check them out at the hockey shop and the hockey shop.com. I experienced that honesty firsthand with Cam the other day when I was shopping for the suspenders and looking for uh, what I could get. I, I, I like the, the, the dark suspenders, and uh, I was wanting to make sure that they had those. And he was honest with me about, uh, about my game and my options, and he told me to try tennis. And I thought that was, <laughs> that was really impressive uh, from, from Cam to try. To, to guide me down that path. Well, I mean, we, I've seen Cam play go, so I don't think he should be giving that advice to anyone. We let him give advice to others. And, you know, like, let's just say that, you don't, much like me, you don't have to play the game well to be able to learn things about it. Cam's kind <laughs> of in the same boat. If they had a running loop on the TVs in the background instead of the latest ge- last night's game on TV, if they had a running loop of Cam making saves, He'd be getting some side A as people were uh, people were taking his advice and then looking and going, "Is that the same guy? What's going on know. with that?" Uh, if if you thought that that joke by me was lame, uh, wait till you hear what Cam has to say about uh, about the steel uh, in our gear segment. Brought to you by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Surrey, thehockeyshop.com. A couple of guys with bite. Here's Kevin and Cam.
Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports down here in Goalie Utopia with Cam Matwiv. We're not wearing anything. There's no dress-up component to today's segment, but we do have something new to show you. Mm -hmm. And Cam's excited about it. It's not sharpened, so I don't mind him waving it around. Much like when my kids were five, I don't normally let people as dim as Cam play with sharp objects, but we haven't thrown an edge on these yet, so we're going to let him handle. It's okay. I'll keep an edge on you. That's fine. There's a lot of edge to this segment lately. New Bauer Steel, available as a custom option. Now, we've talked about this. The new Bauer Pro Skate comes with a version of this, but I'm just, rather than me confuse people, what's new that they couldn't get before that they can now and have our good friend Cecil throw an edge on it upstairs? So, two, you already confused. One, not a custom option, an aftermarket option available to you. You give us a call here, 604-589-8299, or shop at thehockeyshop.com, or come here in person, the new LS Pulse TI Steel. What's amazing about this? What's different, and why is it important? Obviously, we're talking about your last contact point with the ice, your steel. This Pulse TI, how it differs from anything that's been offered in the past, is the titanium coating. Now, we have seen some aftermarket companies come up with this. Um, Bauer is much preferring that you put their product and their product, basically. Um, so long story short, it's them coming to market with something that has been a little bit available in the past, but in limited quantities. Now it's you have a mass production of it um, from Bauer. Uh, why this steel is important to you is that titanium coating on the steel aids in that edge retention over an extended period of time for its sharpening. So we've already seen a little bit of it with their LS5G, with their carbon coating which already has, again, improved over like a stainless steel in yeah, terms we, of for I, how your I, edges. I remember when we started testing the carbon coatings, uh, you know, I, I think our top of the head estimate, and it was based on, you know, actual feedback from goalies using it, was it kind of held the edge about twice as long, cut your sharpenings in half. So as much as I enjoy coming to see you, Cam, and, and actually prefer it more when I get to go talk to Cecil upstairs, I, I didn't have to come nearly as often when I had that coating on it. It sounds like the titanium coating is even more. Yes, and it's also has to do with strength too. So a lot of, especially with today's movements, it's like you are ending up in your post a lot and kicking your post inherently. This is designed to help hold that edge longer. Now, I mean, you kick your post hard, you know, any edge is going to have a beveling issue. That said, you're going to experience it less and less with obviously this titanium coating on that steel. We're definitely going to have to teach you how to hold shiny objects because even though we didn't sharpen it so you couldn't cut yourself, like it's very pretty, got a nice mirror finish, and yours is just covered in like dirty thumbprints whereas you see how mine has been really kept clean so there are other options if you were still a little bit more traditionalist and what is still coming in uh basically a lot of the pro skates that bauer still offers sale and new um is their ls 5g which is their carbon coated steel this has been out for a little bit, we as Kevin said. That, yeah. um, and again, um, improved edge qualities. The titanium is obviously that next step up, um, but a little bit better than their stock stainless. Uh, option available, readily available online and in store. Um, and again, something that you find stock. However, does differ a little bit from their new Pro Skate steel um, that is on there. It's called LS5G Agility. The difference there is, is what's coming stock on that Pro Skate is already having a profile on the steel itself. It's a goalie sand profile. Now, steel can get profiled at any time. Kevin's still searching for that Pro Skate here. He has found it, but if you zoom on in and have a look, you do have that 
LS 5G agility profile. Okay, so this is basically that steel plus the profile. Plus the profile, already coming stock on the ProScape, but once again, it is something available aftermarket um, that we can do here at the shop, no problem. So my, there we go. So my, my next question was going to be, if I want to upgrade to the titanium steel and have the agility profile put on it, because it doesn't come stock, I just got to come see you, see Cecil, and he can put that whatever custom radius, custom profile I want on that skate. Correct. All right. One last option, because um, we do still have them left over as well. There is the LS 3G Plus, which is just a stock stainless steel at a bit of a taller height. You're seeing this on their Elite Price Point skate. Um, still available um, here at the shop. Uh, again, if you're looking for a little bit more of a price point friendly option, um, a little bit more traditionalist in your blades, you, you know, you like what you know sort of situation, uh, we still have these guys as well. These are all three mil? These are all three mil. Okay, folks, there you go. There's a brand new steel option with titanium coating from Bauer. It's available here at the Hockey Shop or thehockeyshop.com. And for all your custom radius and profile needs, make sure you talk to Cam about preferences and then go see Cecil up, upstairs in the sharpening shop to have that radius put on. Cam, thanks so much for your time today. I'm quite happy that you didn't cut yourself. No, I just was keeping an edge up on you. <laughs>
made me uh, think back to when you talked about hammering on the toe and the steel. I miss those days before you could swap out the steel and, and you had skates that lasted forever and there'd be no steel left by the end. I, I, those, those were the days. I had an old CCM pair that were just done. I played with a guy or I, in our Monday night skate here uh, in White Rock. Uh, he was the goalie at the other end. Played some, he played college hockey, a little older school in style, and he had some old school, like full cowling skates. And there is no way, he's tried, there is no way to get steel for these things. And he is down to the nubs. Like he's pushing off plastic if he's not careful. If he goes low and wide in a butterfly, there's no edge left to hold. So he's on his last legs and he's going to have to modernize here pretty quick. The only downside is we can't even, I can't even help him out by getting him to try a pair here. I said to him, I said, well, you know, we have some, some stuff you could try, see if you can get used to these new modern skates. Cause they, honest to God, Darren, I, look, I was looking at the pro, like the, the sort of profile of the cowling and, they'd be almost an inch taller off the ground, which is, as you know, it's a massive adjustment. Yeah. These things were so low profile and there's no steel left in them. I'm like, you know, just so you can try it and see if you think you can make the adjustment. A hey, little problem, size 13 skates. Don't have those <laughs> ones here at the end. <laughs> don't, have, don't, have, don't have those ones in stock at the end goal garage. <laughs> That's a freighter uh, worth of steel that, that, that he's going to be gliding on. Uh, well, keep, keep us up to date on, on what the eventuality is. Because at some point he he's gonna have to to sw- switch over, and, well, and I might go. I might have to call Roberto Luongo and see if he's got any old ones kicking around, any old ex. If he did he did you did he stockpile those old Reeboks he used to wear, the low profile right. like the twenty Ks? Lou, you got any of those kicking around in a size thirteen? Because that's the size he wore. It was like it's like turning canoes. They were so big. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was hanging out last night, and everybody was doing their own thing, and I just decided I was going to throw on the sense arena. Uh, it was, there, I wasn't getting ready for practice. I wasn't training for anything. Uh, I, I didn't have any type of projects going on. I just had some time and, and put it on. And uh, it, it made me think how easy and accessible sense arena VR is. Yeah. And uh, for those of us who are now fighting, and I think there's going to be a lot of this around the league, and we're working on an article with Maria Mountain, for those of you who are struggling with this, on how to correct it in a short order. Because if you haven't done the work after 18 months off and you're back on the ice, like I think there are probably beer league groins popping everywhere. There are probably a lot of yeah. teams out there that are desperately looking up the goalie apps to find, try and find replacements. I know we are here. So... For those of you on the other side of it, the injured goaltenders that are frustrated after 18 months off and now I got to take two weeks off the ice and I can't get out there, you can still stop pucks and sense arena is the way to do it. Um, I've had my headset on, little, like I said, little groin pull, haven't been able to get out, don't want to fall behind because let's be honest, I was already behind because I'm kind of old and suck. Sense arena is reducing the suck for me. I can actually get out there and see pucks without having to get on the ice. And I, as I do this as a beer leaguer, I count myself blessed to be able to have this product. I think of all these minor hockey league kids that play once or twice a week, or they have one game and one practice. I remember talking to Brian Decord, who's an advisor for Sensory Now, and who, by the way, has a good new book out for goalie parents about the challenges that presents where if you have a bad game, you got to sit on it for a whole week as a kid. Well, you don't anymore. You throw the sense arena on and you get tracking pucks and you get making saves. And in addition to the skill building, 
it can build that confidence back. So the next time you step on the ice after a bad game and it's been a week between skates, you feel good about your game. You feel good about your tracking. You feel good about your hands rather than stepping out onto the ice like you're stepping out on the first tee box after a bad round of golf and wondering if it's going to be there still. You can build all those skills and more importantly, maybe for some young kids, build that confidence without needing to get back on the ice. Sense Arena allows you to do all that from your living room. Might look a little goofy. The kids might take some pictures of you if you're an old man beer leaguer making imaginary saves in your basement. And they may threaten or try and bribe you or whatever. Blackmail is the word I'm looking for. The potential to release those into the wild if you don't, I don't know, fill up their car with gas this week. I'm not speaking from experience here or anything, but... It sounds deeply personal. Yeah, it is. I'm uh, that, sorry about that tangent, folks. I'm having a, a few issues here at home with this with the 17 year old. <laughs> um, but 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 there is value there. You'll be better as a goaltender, and, and you'll be uh, thankful when all the guys are going. Oh, Ted or Sarah, you 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 guys are awesome this week. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, this is this is great. Uh, you, you get those uh, taps in the pads. Or in my case, it's, oh, Kevin, you don't suck half as much as you used to. <laughs> uh, do, do you think Ryan Miller, uh, if, if this would have come out in his heyday, like, I don't know That's whether... That's a really good question, actually. Because he's know, such an intellectual guy, um, it just it seems to fit. I hate to make assumptions, but it just seems to fit. Here's what I will tell you. He would have tried it. Like, yeah. for sure, you know, if it was new and cutting edge... Whether he adopted it or not, well, we'd have to see. But he would try it. And my hunch is he would have loved it. Um, you know, and again, you know, it's funny. We talk about that and we'll get into all these things with Ryan in a minute. But whether it's Luongo or Lundquist or Ryan, right? All of them had incredibly long careers, you know, sort of record-setting careers among the all-time greats when it, you know, on the wins list and things like that. None of them were ever complacent about their game. They never settled for where they were at that time be good enough. They always looked for ways to get better. And I think there's, it's something that seems so obvious. We should always be trying to get better. But I think it's so important in this position because if you're just staying the same, even you're falling behind because it evolves so quickly. Um, but that's not, that's not how everyone operates. And I think there, it's not a coincidence that guys like Ryan uh, have the success they have because of that willingness to always adapt and always look for new ways to get better. It's Miller time. Uh, Ryan Miller back with us on In Goal Radio, the podcast uh, presented by Sense Arena, uh, the feature interview. Uh, the podcast uh, brought to you by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Surrey, uh, thehockeyshop.com. Enjoy a future Hall of Famer on In Goal Radio, the podcast. I wasn't quite sure where to start, Ryan. I wasn't sure if to start with the new job or the fact that the old job, you're no longer doing it. So let's just, let's start with how, how's retired life? How's, how's the summer been? And then walk me through how this opportunity presented itself with USA Hockey, who I know you've stayed quite close to over the years. Well, it's been a different summer, <laughs> but it's mainly just been uh, a more relaxing approach to life. Like I don't feel like I have to be obviously at the gym that's that's just a decision i can make not like i'm feeling pressure like oh my god we have training camp in a month and i don't think i'm feeling quite right on this area or that area so um 
yeah, it's nice just to kind of go to the gym, keep it light, keep it, keep it more casual. And yeah, just hanging out with the family. Um, yeah, we're still obviously all in the middle of this pandemic thing still. We're trying to figure things out. So um, we stayed pretty low key, uh, just traveled around Southern California a bit and doing little things around here because, uh, you know, we're in the Manhattan Beach area. So honestly, a lot of people come to us for vacation. So we just tried to make, you know, the last two summers really just about being in Southern California. Not a bad spot to be. Now, it's funny you mentioned the gym. Um, you're a guy who knows your body as well as anyone. I think probably we're on the cutting edge of goalies sort of getting to that level um, in terms of the work they did, you know, stretching and foam rolling and all those types of things that I think now are quite common and, and taught at a young age. But you were always kind of ahead of the curve on that. But I remember one time, I can't remember how you phrased it, but talking about this day being retired and all the positions you'd had to put your body in or train your body into being for all those years, like they're not natural human positions. Like have you, is there a recovery process here for your body? Are you trying to get back to the human being Ryan Miller as opposed to the, the goalie Ryan Miller and training? Like what's that like? Yeah, for sure. Um, this first stretch has just been about recovery and not trying to put anything on it. Like, uh, you know, my hands gotten a little beat up over the years so uh backing off of you know getting hit by pucks obviously helps uh rotating your hand to hold your stick you know that kind of helps this whole area you know we're getting to rotate back and get the right posture and uh you know the work that i'm gonna have to put in in the years to come will just be postural type stuff like making sure i'm uh working towards (laughs) an advanced age and in a good place, uh, you know, after playing hockey for so long and like, you know, even like carrying a mask on your head and like pitching yourself forward. I mean, for every, you know, we talked to a chiropractor about this and for like every inch that you're, you know, forward and plus that weight, every, every inch is like six or eight pounds of pressure. So as you kind of like bring yourself forward and you have the mask on your, you know, you're just torquing out, uh, your neck. So it's something you don't really think about when you're younger. And uh, but as you get older, you, know, you take a few shots that kind of send your head side, you know, side to side or whatever, you know, you're going to have that uh, residual and it's something to work on. You know, you just you work with the muscles, you work with uh, getting some release through the, uh, the vertebrae and stuff like that. So right now it's just, I'm trying to have awareness about uh, getting my posture back. And that's really the only goal for me right now. So you're not hunched in over in a stance all the time. Can you, and maybe maybe you can share because I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but that was part of your summers in in the past. I'm just trying to think of all the goalies listening to this. Maybe some takeaways as opposed to Ryan Miller retiring and and changing that posture for the rest of his life uh, in a more corrective fashion. What did you do in the summers? Like something that maybe goalies aren't thinking about. They do put themselves in those positions for eight months of the year. What do you do in the summer to counterbalance it and make sure it doesn't become problematic? Yeah, I worked every summer. I would do kind of a an unloading uh, where I would just work back the posture, like a more natural standing posture, and try and work yourself, you know, back into a, a good head posture. Um, same thing with the lower back. Uh, you know, we tend to be tilted, and I think most hockey players and and goalies would know. Like, it's funny, but like if, for example, you walk around the mall long enough at the the holiday season, you're like, Oh my God, I'm an athlete. What's my, why does my back hurt? It's like, 
Well, I spent all this time wiring myself to go forward a little bit, mainly backwards and a lot of sideways and up and down. You know, your body just kind of takes to it. And, and when you start to do something with any kind of longevity, uh, that's not really what you've been training for. You're going to feel it. So you have to kind of unwind that. And after a season, I would start to unwind that posture with my neck or even the rotation of my arm, you know, you start to get feelings like almost a tennis elbow or like something because you just use it so much in that way that as you start to work back towards a more natural anatomy and a posture that you get that relief and you set yourself up to break it all down again another season. But it was important to have that awareness to have the recovery because I think that it put me in a good place where overall I was able to to, uh, sustain, you know, that goaltending position you know, for many, many years. And, and, you know, I have my bumps and bruises. I've probably got little things that would show up in my hips, but I don't have anything as of right now that I can identify as a major hip issue. I had some knee injuries, but they were uh, more from, you know, all the blunt force of an impact, you know, just things that happen. Uh, not so, you know, me being not a very heavy person and, and, focusing on posture and, and knowing that if I'm going to spend an entire season of collapsing down into a butterfly, that I would have to do some recovery type exercises. I think it, it definitely helped me. What were some of the things that you started early, like, like foam rolling and things like, are there anything you point to that allowed you? Cause it was, I mean, not just a remarkable career, but a remarkably durable career, as you mentioned. Well, I'm going to, uh, I mean, it's appropriate I have the shirt on, but like going to Michigan State where they, you know, they have an osteopathic model of medical school. Uh, they were very much focused on body alignment, something I learned early on. Um, and, you know, a lot of guys probably think of body alignment more like chiropractic, you know, you're going to get forced into a position, but like, uh, we really studied, okay, what does my body need? What is, what is my baseline? And when I'm out, you know, you know, there's, you know, your hips, your sacrum, your lower back, like these are areas that, you know, we force our, ourselves through our muscle movements to get into certain positions as a goaltender that uh, I needed to constantly kind of correct that and strengthen certain areas. And I, I was lucky enough over the, you know, the course of my career to have, you know, trainers who would listen to my outlook and, and we would work on a plan so that, you know, almost every practice I was, you know, every practice and for sure every game, you know, I was double checking, like, is my body aligned? Uh, and we would look at my body and, and the way you do it, like lower, lower back, you know, through the pelvis, uh, you know, are my legs, you know, uh, moving the right way. And we just do a quick, like, kind of once over. And if it wasn't, we had procedures to kind of line everything up. And I would do that before every single time I got on the ice. I want that points in my career because I just, you know, knew how important it was. And over the course of the season, your muscles are just fatigued and they can't protect themselves. So, um, you know, just getting ahead of it. And I think that was a big reason. Uh, you know, I, I think I avoided for the most part, a lot of the, you know, the, the chronic groin issues or the hip issues, uh, because I was setting myself up not to, uh, put my muscle in a bad place. You know, if I was, you know, forced into a bad situation where I had to overextend, um, it, you know, I had the, uh, 
the body alignment. So my muscle wasn't already, you know, in a fatigue situation. And then I put it, pulled it further. You know, I was always in a situation where I was in neutral. And if I went too far, my muscle could recover relatively quickly. I got to ask, I wasn't planning on spending this much time on body, but I got to, as this is you and me talking goalie, this is what happens. Like we've seen a lot of talk about neutral pelvis now as something that's being taught more and more at a younger age and the importance of that of sort of setting the way that pelvis is set up in a stance and how that not only can benefit health-wise, but um, sort of help you fire the muscles we need to fire as goaltenders. Was that part of, you, you know, we've talked about things in the past where it's something new and Ryan Miller, when I talked to you, was already doing it years and years ago. Does that concept of neutral pelvis fit into what you're talking about here? Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of comes naturally as you're looking for body alignment. And, and I was working with trainers trying to find the op- optimal um, athletic position for me. You know, I'm I'm taller, I'm I'm lanky, and then I mean we can blend this into uh, you know the tracking situation. It's like you know when a lot of people looked at my stance when tracking was starting to become more popular, we were looking at my head, my stance, how it all worked, and I was getting a lot of feedback that I needed to come down with my head, and I was just kind of like it wasn't working, <laughs> you know, at all. Uh, and I understood the concept of it, but I felt like I did it naturally. And I, I kind of pointed out to them, you know, I, I carry myself in a certain way. And my eyes are actually, when you look at what I was doing, where my head was, where my body was, my eyes were actually doing what, you know, those people were saying. It just didn't look as uh, extreme. So it was hard to pick up on. And, you know, once I understood what they were saying and kind of, I, you know, I was already kind of doing it naturally. And but the feedback was, hey, you got to do more. And I was like, well, this feels weird. I'm actually putting myself, I'm, I'm closing down the top of the net to myself because I'm too tilted, too forward, head is too down. Like, you know, I'm more of a, a upright, loose kind of feel and my eyes are in the right spot. So it was funny. It's like a lot of things that it, it becomes a language thing. And sometimes guys do it naturally. And you, you do sort it out as you're growing as a goaltender what works for you it just doesn't have the same language so it's funny once i figured out what they're talking about and what you know that meant physically i was like oh well i do it this way and what do you think and then the conversation comes oh that makes sense that's already happening we're not gonna worry about it it sounds like we could set you up for a future career as a trainer in the national hockey league and yet your first step back into hockey is going to be on the goalie coaching assistant coaching side with usa hockey you mentioned language. Now, that's a short tournament. So you're probably not going and changing techniques or anything like that, obviously. It's not like uh, you're not going to be setting up drills to make sure guys are... You're not changing their game in two weeks. But how important is common language? Is building a relationship? You've probably been through it with all the different goalie coaches you work with so that when you're talking, and there's a lot of new terms that get thrown around, but you're saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, that would be critical for this tournament is just having a a relationship and that's something I'm working on right now, reaching out to some of the guys. I'm gonna reach out to the the core group of the Americans uh and make sure they uh they feel like they have an advocate. Um that's something where I've gotten some feedback already where guys have played in tournaments and they felt like, you know, they're so fast, they're so high pressure and there wasn't somebody there uh in the goalie capacity. You know, it kind of gets overlooked. So I you know USA hockey uh you know that's a great thing for them to advocate for the goalies and I'm happy to, to fill that role for them. It was kind of born out of a conversation with John Van Beesbrook where I 
I called or I emailed them and set up some calls and we, we were just talking about, you know, what could possibly come next because I want to use USA Hockey as a resource to learn and, and get back as well. And we talked about all the different scenarios, you know, under the scenes, world juniors, you know, what kind of things can I show up to where I could learn, but also have an impact. And, you know, John actually mentioned, you know, the Olympics, you know, they're obviously they were coming up and uh, he, you know, bounced it off the leadership group of uh, Stan Bowman and Billy Guerin. And, and uh, you know, I feel great because they, you know, said that, that would be a good idea. Let's bring him in. Let's, uh, you know, include him in the conversations. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. We met in Pittsburgh about two weeks ago and, and my eyeballs are fried from all the video, but, um, it's, uh, it's great to be just part of that conversation look and see what that feels like to be in the room in a different capacity. And even the, the conversation about, uh, roster ideas or system ideas or all these things that they come together uh, a little differently than the NHL where the NHL, I think can be a little more segregated with the way contracts are laid out where in a short tournament, the GMs want the coaches input and they want to know how does the game plan work? What, what kind of player am I going to install? You know, where the NHL, it can kind of be the other way around. It's like, here's who we can get under contract. Let's figure out the game plan for this group that we were able to get under contract. So it's interesting to kind of see the differences and, and see things from the other side. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it came about. And I'm excited to, to be the goalie advocate, I guess, more than the goalie coach in this tournament. Well, it's funny because um, we've kind of lamented an in goal over the years that they don't bring goalie coaches to these tournaments. And again, like we're not ignorant. It's not like they're going to change guys, but it was more making sure that, and we heard the same things from some guys, like, you know, making sure that they had the drills they needed to feel ready for a game and and uh, somebody that understood what that meant. So uh, good on USA Hockey for stepping up. I remember, in, I think in Sochi, Canada brought Steph Waite, which obviously with Kerry there, again, you have that relationship. You know what his game day looks like and what he needs to feel good. Um, you mentioned systems. And without getting into any specifics, because obviously you've got a, a deep list of of goalies you got to evaluate and pick the right ones. and and hey, has American goaltending ever been stronger? So lots of options. Are there guys that'll fit certain styles of play? Like, is that part of, without giving too much away, can that be part of the conversation? Because, or can goalies just play it any different way? Because guys have different strengths and weaknesses, right? And different comfort levels with what's going on in front of them. Yeah, I think with this tournament, though, I, I, you're, you're talking about the guys who hopefully are playing top of the league. Uh, and there should be right in the middle of, of uh, their their season is already ramped up. They should be kind of hitting that stride. Uh, I don't worry about the guys having to fit into a system. I, I I worry about them knowing the system well enough where they know the particular like penalty kill preferences or uh, you know breakout preferences because you know goaltenders certainly you know we want a goalie who's going to help the team play you know the way they need to play and if if a goaltender's handling the puck is going to inhibit that, you know, we want to have that conversation about how, you know, we prefer that to work. You know, I think that uh, a lot of the systems these days, you know, put a paramount on speed and there's things that goalies can do to ha- kind of help that happen. When you're talking about transition from neutral zone to breakout as the puck comes into the defensive zone and, and you know, goaltender is going to be a part of that. And it could be a lot of, you know, some touches on the puck and, how are we going to keep our speed up? How are we going to keep that going forward? Because a goalie can certainly 
facilitate that and it will work great, but it has to be an understanding. So little things like that. But I, I think that with the talent and experience of the guys, you know, at this level, they should be able to slide into that. Now you've, you've got a long history with USA hockey beyond your own Olympic participation. You were on it. You were on a call on new year's Eve. We were part of a group that sort of celebrated that the 51 and 30 and some different anniversaries. And I think it was on the eve of a game. I think Spencer Knight was the goalie playing was the, on the eve of a world juniors game on new year's Eve. What do you like? What do you, when you look at USA hockey now and where goaltending has come within that organization, again, you're just getting started and seeing what they're doing, but what do you like about what they're doing? Why do you think we're here where, where there's such a depth of great American goaltenders? Well, I think the popularity of hockey and the level of hockey and, America is so diverse now. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, we lived in California for a, a minute and we, you know, my dad was recruiting kids off of our soccer team and baseball teams and a kid who looked like he was fast at a park. My dad was over there asking him if he knew anything about hockey because we had to have kids. I mean, we had a, the bare minimum to put a team out there. So we needed like an extra three or four kids to show up and play. And, you know, now it's like, you know, my son, we're playing in LA. He's just starting his first experience with hockey and the might, you know, he's might be, which is, you know, the second tier of mites. He's a six year old, you know, playing against, you know, seven, eight year olds. Uh, but it's like, okay, there's two A teams or two B teams. You know, you go up with age level, there's triple A, there's A, there's, you know, there's a lot of kids playing. And I think the, that kind of is the difference in USA now is you're getting this diverse kind of uh, field of athletes and, you know, you're going to, you're going to pull, you know, even from different regions, you know, goaltenders who are seeing different styles, different things. And uh, it's been interesting to see the kids like when I was training out here, uh, some of the, some of the kids I was training with or some of the guys playing pro, you know, they played a lot of ball hockey, street hockey, roller hockey. And it was just interesting to see how, their shot was different because they were used to handling things off the ice and their shot was developed in a blend of like off ice with roller and then on ice. And that was interesting. So it's interesting to see some of the goalies too, regionally, you know, you know, they might have been brought up in a similar way, uh, you know, playing off ice and roller playing on the ice, you know, their styles and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I think it's just the diversity and seeing guys who are, you know, really strong athletes. Is there something to be said for that diversity of skills and backgrounds and other sports all coming into goalies, maybe even at a later age versus, you know, and in some, probably in some areas of the States too. And, and in other countries where they can be goalies at eight and taught to play a specific way. And we've had this conversation where <clears throat> used to be, you could recognize different styles in the older goalies and now they all, tend to look the same. Do you see more of that diversity when you look around as you were talking about? Is that important to maintain? Yeah, but I, I think that the guys are trained so well that, you know, you see some of the older skills, you know, they're able to do them, but everyone's very good with their hands. Everyone's very good with their positioning and everybody's able to slide and, and play different skills around the post. Like, the, you know, where, you know, a few years ago, there's guys who didn't know how to do that in the NHL. Now, you know, now every single kid can integrate into the post and, you know, they can play an efficient game. But I think it's been interesting to see, like, the athletes are the ones who stand out. Like, you're playing in an efficient goaltending position, but then you can you can still watch a goalie and be like, okay, that's an athlete who stands out because of, you know, how he's reading the situation and how he can use the skills. 
and you're not always going to be perfect. You know, what are you doing when things aren't perfect? So, um, although we do have goalies who look like they're never in trouble in the NHL, you know, there are going to be moments and how do you handle that? You know, obviously, I think a lot of people looked at this job and thought, oh, this is the next step for Ryan Miller. I know a lot of your former goalie coaches would say that uh, Ryan Miller is going to be an excellent goalie coach if that's what he chooses. Is this just you exploring lots of different things? Like, what do you have an idea of the future? Do you have a a path in mind? Or is this just exploring one thing and let's see where it takes us? Yeah, I don't think there's a path. I think there's just what knowledge can I absorb right now and where can I fit in i mean my main goal at the moment was actually what can i do that keeps me in hockey that is also not going to uproot my family that's so it's kind of like well okay usa hockey has provided me a lot of opportunity i did want to for sure give back but all of the give back to usa hockey coincides with you know they're usually a three to six month commitment of time or is you know if we're going to do something it's not going to be where i have to show up uh, I mean, Olympics, I'm, I'm showing up and do the work. I have to show up for that. But there are other things where it's like, okay, I can, I can participate and go to like the, you know, maybe next summer is more time spent with some of the younger kids under 18 or uh, world junior, you know, ramp up, trying to absorb what it takes to, you know, build those teams. And I think that is trending more towards what I'm interested in is the, like the team building and player development type stuff. It's like, I think at some at some point I'd like to eventually end up, you know, in that position where I can, you know, do more towards building the organization uh, and not as much at the day to day. But, you know, the coaching part right now is something I can contribute to because of, you know, my experience. So, um, yeah, I, I want to see and do some stuff outside of the, the playing part of hockey and, and see what happens. You think the game at such a level, and we talked about reads and anticipation, all the things that went into making you great for so long. How do you translate that? And I guess this is it's not something you have to worry about necessarily in this role, but like, how do you, like, have you thought about how that translates as a coach and about the difference between Ryan Miller and how he sees things and making sure it you can translate it to a goalie who, and you probably would have had this with playing partners, like, that again, it, whether it's that language, that common language, or just I'm not sure everybody thinks the game the same way you do is what is what I'm trying to say. And have you thought about how that might translate to other people when you're the one having those conversations and trying to do a little teaching? Like it's almost like edu- it's like being a teacher versus just being a coach. There's almost two different things there. Yeah, no, I, I mean I've considered it, and I, that's why I'm, I'm going to try and sample it. And like this Olympic experience is definitely. It's more, like I said, it's going to be more of an advocate and making sure the guys have what they need. Uh, and it's also the same thing with the coaching staff. You know, they're going to have questions about, you know, what a player might be thinking. And, you know, we've already had conversations about uh, the build up and the arrival of at the Olympics and stuff like that. It's like, you know, there's little things that we have to consider. And I think, you know, that's where I can kind of, you know, help out with USA hockey is to provide that, uh, you know, a little bit of that uh, perspective. I think that's anytime you're trying to plan something, you're, you're obviously going to overlook things, you know, you're not, something's not going to occur to you. So I think what USA hockey's done a good job of is they've delegated a lot of things out through a coaching staff and the management staff and the guys 
have been great about having a, a conversation. And I think that that way, you know, we're covering all things that maybe we, we aren't going to be able to think of just by ourselves. And I think that, you know, that translates to a better experience for the players. And, you know, certainly we all are hoping to uh, compete at a high level and, 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 and compete for a gold medal. And I think that you have to have a lot of things just planned in other ways so these guys can just do their thing, uh, especially on the goalie front, you know, get way ahead of it. And, you know, I'm trying not to, you know, bring so much back to well back in my day kind of lessons and everything, but in the buildup for the Vancouver Olympics, um, you know, we had a summer meetup where we get to meet the guys and we did that as well before Sochi, but like the summer meetup before going to Vancouver, it's like they laid down this game plan. Like this is what we're going to do. We're going into Canada and we are going to compete for a gold medal. Here's how we're going to do it. And they laid everything out. They got everybody comfortable and, you know, we're just not going to have that this year. You know, we're, it was, you know, we're going to have a, a Zoom, like the pandemic doesn't allow anything like that. So we're having like a Zoom overview. And then from there on, it's like the guys are kind of on their own. So we want to get as much done as we can for them. And in my experience, like knowing what to expect ahead of time helped me tremendously. Like I, I mapped out my entire schedule for Vancouver based on my NHL schedule and my training. Like, I, I mean, once I figured out like the Olympic dates which were easier to figure out then because they planned it out so far ahead of time but um uh i worked with my trainer back in michigan and she and i came up with this map and we figured out how can i peak at the right times so that i can one make the team two start and then three compete to win a gold medal like okay where do we have to be with our training our practice, you know, what do we have to be doing? And like, that just assumes like, okay, I'm going to be winning hockey games, but like, here's what I have to do off the ice to be energy level rising. And I'm not going to be crashing by the time we get to the Olympics. Where am I going to find my rest? Where am I going to find my time to exercise my body at a high, high level? And then how does that work in an NHL season? I mean, when I had all that information and we planned it out, I, I, I felt like I could just go do it. We're trying to provide for these guys. It's like, okay, we've got this figured out. Here's what to expect. You need anything from us. This is what we can do for you. Now go do your job and let's make sure we're peaking at the right time. Okay. Last one on this. You mentioned video and you watched a ton of it. Um, were you a big video? Like video for goalie coaches has, is a big tool. Um, it's a chance to sort of walk through things together. Um, is it an, also an area where like, can you teach? We've talked in the past. I don't want to revisit it too much. But we've talked about how there's a lot of things that have changed. I was going over video of your career and like looking at old highlight saves out of the VH and then watching you in the last couple of years in the RVH. And you've, you've played through some massive changes in technique over the years. And yet the one constant, I remember last time we talked, um, here in Vancouver when you were at the Ducks, um, a couple of years ago was, was the reads never change. Like the reads are the constant um, and the ability to read the game and process the game is, is always what's required to play at a high level. Can you teach that through video? Maybe not necessarily in the Olympic thing, but will, maybe even in the Olympic thing. Are you looking for some of the cues that you saw as a goaltender? Do you think sharing that might help 
a young goaltender who like, hey, the way this guy holds his hands or is it all innate for each guy? And you and maybe in that situation you don't, but could you if you were if you were teaching on video, could you teach that ability to read the game and process it? Yeah, I mean I if you have a longer time span like yeah, so like So maybe not for the Olympics, but it is something that can be done. It can be learned. Oh, I mean the Olympics, I'm not I'm not touching these guys. Right. They're, I'm not touching them as far as their approach to the game. Like, I'm not even going to think about it. <laughs> I'm not even going to mention it. Even if I think these guys are like off on something, I'll, I'll maybe put a drill together that makes them think about it. And then if they try to ask why it's happening, maybe then you have the conversation. But I, like, no, like if they're making a team and they're going to be playing really strong hockey and they're going to have their yeah. own coaches, their own process, all that kind of stuff. But if you have a longer time and you are actually the goalie coach, yeah, you can reinforce things with, with video big time. I, I, I relied on it heavily over my career in Buffalo. Uh, you know, we, we would do it on, you know, the VHS, like you'd have like those multi, you had things that look like computer, you know, like computer servers now. A VHS recorder, yeah, together, and the the guys would be like hitting the buttons and like pulling little clips over, and yeah, we, I mean, we were doing it back then, and, and now, I mean, it's so easy. I'm even doing it with my son, who's I'm not teaching him how to be a goalie, but it, like he's got, you know, I told him he's six years old. There's no chance he's picking up the pads unless he learns how to play the game, and he's actually got a knack for forward like he's he's got good skill he, he reads the game well he goes to good spots and he's you know he's he's the kid on the team who kind of knows where to go and you know he's but he's like me he's a little he's he's got he's got to get a little bit stronger but uh he's got a knack for it so i'm showing him video and i just record certain things we use live barn is at the rink where you can they have a live feed that they actually goes on video on demand and sometimes if it's like breakfast or like a random time, he's bored out of his mind or something. I'll just be like, okay, I'll throw everything in onto his iPad and like, here you go. All right, let's talk about this. And I'll go over the video on demand on live bar and I'll be like, okay, here's your shifts. And <laughs> he's six. But it's just like the more you can see yourself doing something, you're going to, that mental picture is going to be stronger. Like it took me, such a long time to build that mental picture uh, because I didn't have that visual feedback. I think kids now they're getting so much visual feedback. It's like, I just remember when he was younger and it's like, I got him a balance bike and I was trying to describe it to him. And we talk about language and how language is important. I mean, when your kid's ready for balance, balance bike, they can absorb words that they really understand. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but it's like, no matter what I did to describe it and then even help them do it, it wouldn't work. But I went off on YouTube and looked up the company, got like a two minute video where they're doing promotional things, showing all these kids having fun. And I was just like, look, and we watched the entire video. And the very next thing he did is go rip around on his balance bike and have fun because it, it was, they're visual learners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody can do it. I feel like, but you have to build that mental image and, it becomes harder as it becomes like a, you know, hockey. It's like a moving chess game. You're, you're processing things. 
very, very quickly. How do I fit into this moment? And then the moment's gone and it's never coming back. <laughs> it's like, you'll have something maybe similar later on, you know, you can learn from it, but then you got to factor in all these things very quickly. And it's, it's just a, uh, it's a lot of, it might be overkill at this point, but I, I believe like everything that he's done so far in his, in his life, he's had a great mental image of it because he's watched a hockey game or he's watched something that he's wanted to do. We've given him the ability to watch it. And it's, it's become something where he's then picked up on it quicker. So I would absolutely apply that to hockey and situations. And you can, you know, I think I got to be about in juniors before I was really seeing our game video. You know, I was probably 17, 16, 17. I was seeing a little bit more video and 17, 18, you, you get a little bit more feedback, but like really it was college, you know, for more of the feedback where we had a video coach and they were starting to do that stuff. Uh, but it, it, it was before that, it was really just repetition and, and doing something and screwing it up and then trying to figure out, okay, how does this get better? But yeah, the, the mental imagery, you know, provided by video. And then like, you can picture that in your head, you know, a little bit easier. It's going to be, you know, a great tool for, for everybody. And that's why I'm already doing it with a six-year-old. <laughs> game of patterns, right? It's a game of patterns. And, and the more we see them, the more we're able to recognize them. So I've always assumed it could be taught. I just don't ever get the chance to ask somebody who read those patterns as well as you do, whether they think the same. So uh, Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with us today. I never even asked you about retirement and the decision to go there in the last week of the season. Like you and I talk in hockey, just we go and go and go. So um well, I can tell you that was uh, that decision was made well ahead of time. <laughs> was it just announced late to give you like? You just, did you want that final week or what led to it? Well, it it was. I knew going into the season it would probably it would be my last season, and the announcement was more. I talked to our, I talked to Sudzy, our goalie coach. I talked to Bob Murray, our uh, GM, and I talked to my some friends, and obviously. Uh, you know, and then my, you know, my wife knew, but then the conversation was also, well, you know, we're not making the playoffs. So like, as we, it was obvious we weren't making the playoffs is more like, okay, well, I can maybe say something for myself. You know, not going, obviously you don't want to stand out too much. So like if you're going to the playoffs, you don't want to make it about right. anything like that. But, um, you know, I talked to them like, you should absolutely announce it. So you have a chance to step away, say goodbye. And it's not something that many athletes get to do. And a lot of people I talked to who had retired wished they had acknowledged it, thought about it, took it in, and had a chance to say, see you later. <laughs> and it kind of helped with the uh, uh, closure, I guess is a good word for it. It's like, okay, now I'm that's, that's, that's done. I don't have to put a whole summer of will I, won't I, or announcements or anything else. It's just, see you later. And that allows me to do something like I, I can do now. I have the conversations with uh, John Van Beesberg at USA Hockey. I'm having other conversations because there are things that I, I can be doing uh, that maybe I can get into later. But, um, you know, it allowed me to have those conversations 
a little bit earlier. So I'm not sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I'm going to have things to do. I can do all the family stuff. I can do, you know, some stuff with hockey and I can feel like, uh, you know, my playing career was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, but you can't play forever and not, but I can keep doing stuff within hockey and I can keep living my life and, you know, paying attention to my family and I don't have to put any kind of delay on it. It's just, that's done. We're on the next. Here we go. It, it also gave you a chance to have some pretty, what seemed from a distance, at least it felt special from a distance, even to watch it on TV, some pretty special moments. Last home game and then last road game where your family gets to come down. Are those, have you had a chance to reflect? Are those the moments that jump out freshest? Um, and are there others that, that you, when you look back that are the first, first to mind? Well, I'm just glad that, you know, without the families really being able to come to the rink for a year and a half, I was, I was glad that my son and my wife got to come, uh, for the last game and it, and it turned out to be at home and it turned out to be such a nice game where, you know, we get a win, everybody feels good. And, uh, and then my parents got to be there at the end, you know, um, I guess it's also kind of fitting. I came into the league with a 4-3 loss and I'm leaving with a 4-3 overtime loss. Same thing. <laughs> but you had a chance to you had a chance to have them be a part of it, which again, I guess you would have anyways, they would have known, but just to announce it and sort of have those moments. It, I like I said, I, I not emotional from a distance, but it was watching it, it you know, it, it tugged a little bit at the heartstrings watching that. A lot. I knew it was coming and I knew everything was going to play out and then feel emotional about it, but it, it was hard to, I don't know. It felt weird in a way too, because it's like, I've had a longer experience. I've had a chance to play longer than, you know, all my buddies, you know, growing up. And I've had a chance to do this like at a high level for a long time. I've got, I've gotten to squeeze more out of it than most people, but it's still, it still hit pretty hard. So, I mean, that's just kind of what hockey can mean to you. And, and, uh, that's what it means to me. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad I had that reaction because it was, uh, it was kind of nice to get it all out. And now I have this, uh, uh, new chapter and I I have other things that are exciting in life that are going to be happening. And and I can attend to that and, and feel like, um, I was a player and now I'm doing other stuff with hockey. I'm the general manager of the might be team and I'm uh, an assistant coach on the Olympic team right now. So, I mean, I'm still got hockey. Love it. Well, I mean, the, not just the game, um, you've meant a lot to the game, but especially to the position and those of us who play it, whether it was watching you and emulating you at various points in your career or for a guy like me who was lucky enough to get a chance to talk hockey with you in the locker room and annoy the crap out of you with all my questions um just can't thank you enough for the time today but just for everything like um the openness and the willingness to share how you think about the game is something that uh, i will always appreciate and i look i'm glad you're sticking around in the game because it means i get to bug you every once in a while still well, I love talking hockey. I think what you do is also great because, I mean, you got to grow the game through knowledge and this has become a new way to absorb things, you know, the podcasts and the videos and, and everything like that. I think that that is, you know, actually cutting edge hockey. So it's great. 
Well, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the time both now and uh, over all the years. No problem. Happy to be here. As I listen to you guys have the conversation, like he's such a, an interesting individual. Usually goaltenders or athletes uh, come in, in two molds. You're athletic or you're intellectual. And, and you use those strengths, like the intellectual part, you can think about the sport and, and you use it to your advantage. Pitchers are a great example of that, where they think Greg Maddox thought his way through. He didn't have all the, the, the overpowering stuff. Uh, but Ryan Miller is an elite goaltender, and he was a blend of both, extremely athletic, uh, flexible. And then he could just, he thought the game at a different level than almost anybody else I've encountered. Well, and, and it wasn't just the game, right? And you're going to see some of that, the way he thought the game come out in the pro reads uh, that will continue to roll out at ingoalmag.com. But it was the gear, which we touched on the last time we had him on. It was the, you know, this one, we really got into taking care of his body and the, and the, and the sort of the biomechanics and the physiology and you know, a lot of things that I think are, I don't want to say common, but more common now amongst NHL goaltenders, things we teach young kids in terms of, you know, rolling out and things like that. But he was so far ahead of the curve on all that stuff. And you know, he's right. Like of all the remarkable things about his career, the lack of injury is one that I don't think gets talked about enough. Like he very rarely, and as he said, never without sort of contact being involved, like soft tissue injuries just weren't a thing. And he was meticulous about the way he took care of his body. And I think there's just another example of where that, that thoughtfulness was applied, um, that sort of deep thinking, let's look at this from an outside, you know, complete picture and, and build the box. And they applied it to on the ice and, and it worked for him way ahead of when others were doing the same type of things. And so that's why all the conversations with him are always fascinating, right? You can pull on, there are probably another five or six threads we could pull on and get a half an hour out of it. I wasn't planning on talking about workouts and conditioning and body stuff. It just, one of his answers put it in my mind and, and yeah. I know we'd talked about it in the past. And then 10 minutes later, we're still on it because that's the level that he thinks about it. That's called a good follow-up, Woody, in the business is by an just, interviewer. That's why well, I would call that just a, an accident by me, but it worked. Yeah, good follow-up. Um, there's uh, one regret that I have in Ryan Miller's career, and it's that uh, he came a little bit after the equipment company Miller. Uh, like There's a few guys that wore Miller in the National Hockey League. I just... It, I wish the, he could have wore that brand of gear and had his own stuff uh, out there. Did you see? Um, did you see Vaughn made him a blocker with all his career accomplishments on it? Yeah. And did did you get the inside joke there? No, because that was the only piece of equipment that he never wore. Vaughn, right? Because they couldn't get the blocker. They just could never get the blocker right for him. He always stuck in that CCM Reebok blocker, and so it was a little ironic that that was the piece they decided. It was beautifully done with it, but there was an inside joke there that he was making on Twitter, and that's because that was the one piece he never switched. That's awesome. I I didn't realize that. Uh, that's outstanding. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, before we go, uh, just uh, one note on the blocker. I'm using the Access blocker right now. And we kind of 
we 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 have some fun with blockers all the time because what do you say when you do uh, a gear segment with Cam uh, about blockers? Uh, the access blockers blocker. blocker. It's honestly the access blocker is not life changing for me. I won't go that far because I'm not sure any blocker really is, but it's the best blocker I've ever ever used. It is just okay. so so pr- protective wise. It it answers all the bells but it just feels good it it functions well it's it's i'm not as technical as you are you can tell i was but gonna it's, ask it's you wild. for i need i need notes here i need notes for future reviews yeah. i need to know how how do i'm we going on the ice in an hour I'll, I'll i'll actually think about it but it just it just seems to be different than any blocker it's connected to you and uh weird because you're you're holding a glove all the time and any other blocker but it is just so impressive it 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 stands out. That's basically what I'm saying to you. Is it it there's a difference there with this uh, access blocker. Well, next time we ask that question about what piece of gear would you stockpile if you could just get one and have a whole bunch this of is money. One. We've got Darren's answer. Yeah, we've got it. Uh, hey, next week we we're we're into uh training camps and this is the last show of the silly season. It is. I'm looking forward to it. Training camps and we are only as we record this. We won't quite have preseason games, I don't think before we record next week but we're gonna be real close like we are less than 10 days or right around 10 days away from nine days away from the first canucks preseason game against the seattle kraken kraken spokane so we're we're getting there man 32 teams so much excitement and we can't wait to sort of get into it with you here on the ingo radio podcast happy birthday pal i i hope you have a the greatest of uh of weeks yeah, um, beer league game at 10 p.m. that I may or may not be yeah. healthy enough for on my on my birthday. Um, dinner out with the kids and and wife before, so we'll see we'll see how that balances out. But uh, it's going to be a great day, no, no matter which one I choose. And I appreciate the kind wishes. You deserve every piece of uh, happiness uh, that anybody can ever enjoy uh, with uh, what you do as a, as a father and a husband, a family guy, but also uh, for us in the in the goalie world. And uh, we are, uh, are just uh, that much better to have you in our sphere. Uh, thanks to Kevin Woodley. Thanks to Ryan Miller. Thanks to Cam uh, for stopping by. And next week, David Hutchison returns from his assignment uh, with uh, uh, some intel for you on uh, what's happening in this uh, world that we love so much uh, in Goal Radio the podcast.